Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. My name is Nikki Ogden, and I'm a team member here at the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. You may have heard on some of our past episodes that due to an unexpected crisis, Jamie's going to be taking a break um, just from public appearances and podcast recordings at this time as she takes the space to process, discern, and recover. However, our team here believes in the meaningful conversations that take place in this space, and we are thrilled to share with you three exciting things that we have coming up in March. The first of those are that we have brand new conversations that we'll be releasing each Wednesday this month. These conversations are pre-recorded shows um, that have never been released, and we're so excited to share them with you. The first one up is going to be Andy Andrew. Andy is a longtime friend of the happy hour. She's been on the show before, and she's even been at some of our happy hour live events in the past. Um, She has a brand new book coming out called Braving Change, and her and Jamie just have an incredible conversation just about courage and boldness and um, how to navigate change in your life. The next guest that we'll have is Michael Panther. Michael grew up in Sudan and has an incredible story of how God just put all the right people in his life and moved him to all the right places. Um, And his life is one of resilience and he has such an incredible message of hope. And you're really just gonna be so inspired by the conversation that he has with Jamie. And our last one is gonna be Ronald Olivier. Ronald has a book that came out last fall called 27 Summers. You guys, Ronald was convicted of a crime at the age of 16 and put in prison with a life sentence. And his life um, is just a story of God's faithfulness, protection, and guidance behind bars. And him and Jamie have an incredible conversation about just the transforming power of God and, and how it changed his life. You guys are really going to enjoy those conversations of just courage and hope and resilience. The next surprise we have for you is that the happy hour is going to have a guest host this month. We are not going to tell you who this guest host is. We're going to let it be a surprise and let you think about it all month. But I will give you two clues. Um, The first clue is they've been on the happy hour before. And the second clue is that they have their own podcast. So I'm going to let you take those two clues and you can try to figure out who is going to be our guest host um, at the end of this month. And the last treat that we have for you guys is that on the Fridays of this month, we're going to be releasing messages that Jamie has preached over the last year at conferences all over the country. You may not have had the opportunity yet to go to one of those conferences. And so we are thrilled to bring the conference right to you. And it's actually starting today. Today, you're going to hear a message from Jamie that she preached at Therefore Conference. If you are a mom of high school girls and you're not familiar with Therefore, then you are definitely going to want to go down to the bottom of our show notes where the links are and click on it to learn more about it. It is an incredible conference for girls in ninth through 12th grade. And even though my daughters are just a few years away from that and I'm not trying to rush time at all, I cannot wait to take them to this event. 
the Therefore Conference is actually going on this weekend. And though it might be a little late for you to make plans to be there in person, we have a gift for you. We have a discount code where you can purchase the live stream events. And the best part about this is that you can access this live stream anytime between March 1st and September 1st. So you can pick a weekend, grab your friends, grab their daughters, popcorn, snacks, blankets, and experience this conference right from the comfort of your living room. The link to this is going to be in the show notes and you can use the code Jamie Ivy to get 50% off. You guys, we've said it before and we'll continue to say it. We are so incredibly grateful for the love and the support and the prayers that this community has given us during this time. If you're anything like me um, during hard times, you might just not be able to find the words to pray. Um, Words just kind of sometimes seem to fall short. And it's in those moments that I love turning to scripture and just praying the words of Jesus. And Dwell is a company that has incredible resources that helps you learn and memorize God's word and hide it in your heart for the moments in life that you need it. Dwell is an incredible resource that you can subscribe to. And each month they will send you really fun resources and tools to help you focus on a scripture and memorize that scripture each month. The scripture for the month of March is Mark 10, 35. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You guys, you can go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code Jamie for your first month free. Again, thank you so much for all of your love and support. We appreciate the way that you are continuing to show up every week, listening to these episodes and sharing them with a friend. So with that being said, enjoy an incredible message from Jamie Ivey at the Therefore Conference. Hey, y'all. Happy Friday night of Therefore. Are you guys excited? Listen, I came out here during worship and I was in the back and I got like chill bumps all over me because it is really, really, really cool to be in a room full of people who are worshiping Jesus. And I'm going to take it a step further. It is really, really cool to be in a room full of teenage girls who are worshiping Jesus. I have a very small suspicion that this is going to be a super, super fun weekend because you guys are like on fire. Like, did they give you all coffee out there? Is there a coffee bar, Tiffany? What's going on out here? This is so great. You guys, okay, I want to tell you um, a little bit of story about when I was in high school because you guys are all high schools. Any seniors in here? All right, when I became a senior, I had the thought to myself, what should I do with this year? Okay, I had I played basketball, I had ran track, but I thought to myself, I'm gonna go a little bit out of my box. Anyone ever done anything a little out of your box? Let me tell you, I don't really enjoy that, but for some reason, I did that when I was 17, my senior year, and I decided that I was going to try out for the mascot. Do we have any mascots in the room? Wow, I knew I was gonna ask that and I did not expect to get one yell. Here's for the mascots, way to go. 
So I decided I was going to try out for the mascot. And so I had never done mascotting before. Okay? I had never been a cheerleader before. I had never been in this group or this crowd before, but I decided I was going to do it. So I went to try out. I don't remember what I did because I don't know how you try out for a mascot, but I don't, I have blocked that memory out. But I tried out and you guys, they picked me to be the mascot. I brought a picture. I brought a picture. Uh, there, that's me in the mascot uniform, not the cheerleader uniform. Let me see another one. Oh, that's me in the middle with the athletes. They threw the mascot in the middle, which I have thoughts about that. But anyhow, there's one more. There I am. I remember when I tried out, I was so nervous. And then I was so excited because I had gotten chosen to be something. They chose me to be the mascot. They picked me to be the mascot. And once I was chosen to be on the cheer squad, and once I was chosen to be the mascot, a few things changed about me. One thing, I started hanging out with some new friends because I was now spending a lot of time with the cheerleaders. So I started hanging out with some new friends. Another thing is, uh, I really love football. Anybody love football? Wow, it makes makes my heart so happy to feel these women football lovers, that's me. But you know what, when I was the mascot, I would go to our high school football games, and the best part about being the mascot is I got to be on the field, which is like my dream job. I want, to be in, I want to be on a football field. I love football so much. And I would be watching the game and into it, and they'd be like, Jamie, you're supposed to be cheering with us. And so I was like, oh yeah, I'm the mascot. So I had to go back over, do little stances. Things changed about my life when I became the mascot because I was chosen to be the mascot. Chosen, that word, is a part of our theme verse for this weekend. And we're going to talk about that. In fact, we just sang about it as well. You guys were belting that out. We just sang about it. Even though a few things changed when I was chosen to be the mascot, I was still Jamie, right? Like my identity didn't change. I still was Jamie. I was also a mascot. But there was another time in my life when I was chosen and I was completely changed from being chosen. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm a mascot for nine months. It was like my entire life changed. You see, I want to tell you, if you in this room proclaim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you have been chosen and your life has been changed. If you haven't ever proclaimed to be a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you all about him. And I'm going to tell you that we serve a God who loves you so, so very much. I have no doubt that some of you walked into this room feeling completely unloved. I have no doubt that some of you walked into this room full of anxiety over today and tomorrow and yesterday. I have no doubt that some of you walked into this room and you felt as if you've never been chosen for anything in your entire life. And I want to tell you that we have really, really, really good news. And this really good news comes from the scripture. And this is the scripture that God has given us as his people. So I want to tell you something real quick. God tells us through Ephesians, he says that he chose us. If you feel like you're walking around and you think I've never been chosen for anything, and I'm not talking about something silly like mascot or to go on a date or to be class president, I'm talking about someone choosing to love you unconditionally. God said he does that for us. Some of you might be asking, if we read this verse in 1 Peter 2, 9 about how we are a chosen generation, we're going to talk about that this weekend, you are a chosen generation But we need to backtrack a little bit in scripture to find out how important that is. 
You don't have to go there in your Bibles, but I hope you have a Bible. But I'm going to take us all the way back to the very first book in the Bible. The very first book in the Bible is called Genesis. It's where God tells a story about how he created the earth. Believe it or not, the earth was not always created. God had to speak it into existence. There was darkness and God created the heavens and the earth. And when God created the heavens and the earth and every animal, he also created man and woman. And do you know what he said after he created everything and even after he created man and woman? He called it good. God looked at his creation and he says, God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. Now, I don't know about you, but I often don't feel very good. I often feel a void of goodness. God looked at his creation and said, it is very, very good. But then, if you've been in Sunday school or you know what happened, things took a left turn, didn't they? Adam and Eve are in the garden, walking with God. They're living in perfection. There's no shame. There's no anxiety. There's no FOMO. There's no depression. There's no worrying about tomorrow. There's no feeling left out. They are walking with perfection with God. And in the garden, God looked at them and he said, hey, I'm gonna give you one rule. How would you like to just have one rule in your whole life? Right? And it's easy for us to be like, if God just gave me one rule, I would follow it. We see Adam and Eve here. God says, I'm gonna give you one rule. He says, uh, he says to them, the tree of knowledge and good and evil, you should not eat. For in the day you eat it, you will surely die. God tells Adam and Eve, you have full reign over the garden. All of it's good. You are good. We have full connection. I love you. You are loved by me. You love me. There's one rule. Don't do it. And you guessed it. You might know it. They ate the fruit. Both of them did. And when they ate the fruit, sin entered into the world. And sin is a word that means missing perfection. So when God created the heavens and the earth and he created Adam and Eve, it's hard for us to believe because we have never, ever lived this way. They were perfect. Not only were they perfect, God saw them and said, you were good and you were perfect. There was no sin. So as soon as they ate that apple, sin entered in the world. And guess what? Today, all of these years later, you and me, we still feel the full effects of that sin, don't we? I do not need to spend any time up here telling you how difficult and hard the world is. The reason I don't need to spend any time is because you are living in this world, the same world I'm living in. As soon as Adam and Eve ate the apple, sin entered the world. And when sin entered the world, the connection between God and his people was broken. There was a beautiful, perfect connection. Adam and Eve chose to disobey the one rule and there was a disconnect. God sends Adam and Eve out of the garden. The perfect union between man and God was broken. But the good news is, is that God always had a plan to restore us back to him. Isn't that a good God? If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. 
And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. God always knew he would bring us back. God has been thinking about his people since the day he created them. I want to, I want to give you just a look, stick with me for a minute because we're going to get to 1 Peter and I need you to understand this. Back in the Old Testament, we had the Israelites. They were the Jewish people. This was God's chosen people. All throughout the Old Testament, you will see God talk about his people, okay? The Israelites, his chosen people, the Jewish people. These were God's people. They were known as God's special people all throughout the Old Testament, And God always knew that he was going to send the rescuer. He was always going to take care of his people. And the rescuer that he sent to the world was Jesus. Jesus enters into the world not as a good man, not as a great prophet, not as a random man walking around 2,000 years ago. He entered the world as God. He entered the world to walk and commune with humans, the humans he created, as God. Because God always had a plan to bring his people back. Always had a plan. We celebrate Jesus' birth into the world every December. 
It's not just about gifts. We celebrate the fact that Jesus came into the world, was born as a human with a plan to reconcile his people back to him. He didn't just show up to check out how things were going. He didn't just come down here to see how his people were doing. He came down here with a plan. Romans 5.8 says this, but God demonstrates his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So sin entered with Adam and Eve and it has been here ever since. But Jesus said, I'm gonna come make it right. I'm gonna come bring my people back. The verse that you probably all know, you've seen it everywhere on signs. You probably learned it as your first Bible verse if you've been going to church, John 3, 16. The beginning of it says this, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Friends, I want you to know that God sent Jesus here out of love. God did not send his son here out of obligation. He did not send his son here because he felt sorry for us and it was like the next thing in their plan. God sent his son here because he loves you so very much. He loves you so very much. He came to this earth, Jesus did. He lived a perfect life. He was sacrificed for my sins and your sins. He was buried. He rose again and he paid the penalty for our sins. So remember when sin entered in Genesis, there had to be a payment for that. God is a just God. He is holy. He cannot be around sin. So Jesus was our payment. Has anyone ever done anything that kind for you? No. Jesus came and made a way for us to be back reunited with God. Now that's the backstory before I get to what I'm gonna read in the New Testament because I needed you to know that. Jesus shows up as a Jewish man. Do you remember who God's chosen people were? Say it back. Israelites, the Jewish people, that's who God chose people as. And Jesus showed up and the Israelites are, yes, our king. Well, some of them weren't, yes, but that's another sermon. But they show up and they're like, yes, he's coming for us. But guess what? Jesus rocks everyone's world by saying, hey, guess what, guys? I'm here for everybody. I'm here for everyone. I'm not here just for the Jewish. I'm here for the Gentiles. I'm here for everyone. And guys, this rocked people's world because now everyone has an opportunity to choose to follow Jesus. Jesus isn't picking favorites. He's saying, I came for the whole world. Jesus chooses his people and it's not just for the chosen people of the Old Testament. It is available for us all. The end of John three sixteen, we know the beginning. The end says this, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. God sent his son so that we should be saved. It is the gift that he's offering. And I am smart enough to know that in a room like this, even though this is a conference that is about Jesus, I know that there are people in this room who have never proclaimed that they want to give their life to Jesus and follow him. Look at this verse right here. 
This is in Romans. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe in and justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. This is what it means to become a follower of Jesus. And the opportunity to do that is available to you all the time. You don't have to do it at church. You don't have to do it with a mentor. You can do it in your room by yourself talking to God. This is our good news that we have, is that God provided a way for his people to come back to him. Now, do we still have sin? Yes. Sin still plagues us because this world has not been taken away with sin. But as a follower of Jesus, although you will still sin until you see him, your life is different because of him. And I want to show you exactly what that means. We're going to look. This is where we're going to spend the rest of our time, which is this. In 1 Peter 2.9, it is the verse, the theme verse of the whole weekend. I love it so much. I'm going to read it to you. It says this. But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I wanna give you a little bit of context for this real quick. Peter wrote this and he wrote it to followers of Jesus. Jesus has already lived. He has already walked on the earth for 33 years. He already had his ministry. He already did all his miracles. He already healed Lazarus. He already did all this stuff. Jesus has been crucified. He has been buried, he has risen again, and he has ascended back into heaven. So Peter's writing this to people like you and me who are saying, hey, I believe these things about Jesus. I profess this and I wanna follow him. And Peter is encouraging us in his letters to keep going even when it gets hard. Anyone need that encouragement? You are a chosen race. The first thing I wanna see this is you are chosen. You are chosen are chosen. Now, I want to be I want to uh, tell you that this might be a little confusing if you read it, which is why I did all of that backtrack for you, okay? Chosen race. Royal priesthood. Anyone ever called anyone that recently? You are a part of the royal priesthood. I'd like to welcome you. No, we don't do that, do we? Okay. Chosen race, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. I want to remind us of what I said earlier. You remember what God's people were called in the Old Testament, his chosen people. They were called his possession, okay? Now, Jesus is like, I'm giving this to all of you, and Peter is reminding of this, of this. He's reminding of, he's reminding this of what we already know here, that these people, you, followers of Jesus, you are chosen. I want you to see how it reads in the message translation, if any of you have that. It says this, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen as a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. All of these things are us. And I wanna tell you, in case anyone else in here feels this way, that sometimes I feel this way, sometimes I feel that there might be a lot of pressure on me to be a Christian. Am I alone or does anyone else feel that? might feel some pressure, but I want to tell you and I want to remember, I want you to remember this when you feel pressure, that God did not call you to be his child for you to put on the weight of pressure. 
God called you to be his child so you could release the weight of pressure. God called you to be his child because he chose you and he wants you. And some of you have never felt wanted by anyone in your entire life. And for that, I'd like to say first, I'm sorry. And then I would like to say the great news is that God wants you. God wants all of you. He wants everything that you bring to the table. Now, if you're chosen, what does this mean? The second thing I want you to see is if you are chosen, you are changed. If you are chosen, you are changed. I might have given you guys a little bit of my story one time, but when I was in third grade at my church one Sunday morning, I walked down to the front and I talked to Pastor Williford and I told him I wanted to follow Jesus. Like a week later, we met in his office and my mom and dad were there and we made a plan and I got baptized. But as I grew up, one thing started to be really clear. Nothing ever changed about my life. In high school, you would have not have suspected that I was a follower of Jesus because I looked just like everybody else. I did what everybody else was doing. I might have put a Bible verse on the back of my jacket, but that didn't mean anything. When I went to a conference when I was 21 years old, a conference like this, but it was for college kids, something happened in that room and I said, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to give you my whole life. I believe that you are God. I believe that you are Lord. I believe that you were buried and raised again. And I believe that you have paid the penalty for my sin. I choose to follow you. And I want you to know that when I came from, back from that conference, I told my boyfriend I was dating, I didn't want to have sex anymore. I stopped drinking and partying all the time. Because you know what happens when God chooses you? You change. When God chooses you, you change. It doesn't mean you stop sinning altogether. I wish that was what happens. But we then desire to do good because of God's love for us, not for his love. I'm gonna say it again so you don't miss that. When we follow Jesus, we desire to change and do good because of God's love for us, not so he'll love us. See, God loves you no matter what. And if we had a couple days, I could tell you all the ways I've messed up in my life since I was 21. Because following Jesus doesn't mean you become perfect. Following Jesus means you are chosen and you are forgiven and you are changed. We are changed when we follow Jesus because he declares that we are a new creation. You get to start fresh. God said, I'm gonna make you new. I'm gonna do a new work in you. And you know what's really cool? When you decide to follow Jesus and your life looks different, people start noticing. People start saying, hey, there's something different about you. Man, you used to curse all the time. Man, there's something different about you. I saw you at that party and I don't see you at parties anymore. Man, there's something different about you. I heard about you getting around with all those guys and now I don't hear that anymore. There's something different about you because I know you used to be in the class, you used to cheat all the time. I don't see you cheating anymore. You know what? Last time I was around you, I saw you talk to your mama and you were, woo And now you don't talk to her like that anymore. Because God does a supernatural work in us. 
that is not on our own, but is only through the work of the Holy Spirit. You are changed. The third thing that we see in here is that you want to tell the world. Not only are you chosen, not only are you changed, but you can't help but talking about it. The third thing is you want to tell the world. You can't stop talking about it. There's a story in the, in the book of John, which was written by one of Jesus' disciples in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Chapter four, there's a story in here about Jesus and a woman at a well. It sounds crazy. We don't go get drinks at the well anymore, but just imagine this. That's where you had to go get all your water, okay? Jesus encounters this woman at the well, but I need to tell you a couple things that you need to know before I tell you what happens here. Is number one, in Jesus's day, men and women didn't just, hook, just start up a conversation with each other, okay? That didn't happen. The second thing you need to know is that um, Jews and Samaritans, they didn't kind of get together and get along either. So Jesus breaks all of the rules. He goes up to the well, not only does he talk to her, but he asks her for a drink. She's got her bucket. She's getting well, probably for her family. And he asks her for a drink. And she looks at him and she's like, what would a man like you, a Jewish man, want from a woman like me? And Jesus tells her that he is the Messiah. She's looking for the Messiah. She's heard about the Messiah. Jesus says, I am the one that you are speaking of. Jesus offers her living water. Jesus offers her a new life. Jesus offers her a way to follow him the way so many people had been following Jesus when he walked on this earth. Jesus offers something that would satisfy her for the rest of her life. Jesus knew that there was nothing that could fulfill this woman's heart more than him. So he offers it to her and she says, yes, I want this water. Give me this living water that you're speaking of. And Jesus, because he knows all things and he created this woman and he is God, he looks at her and he says, okay, that's cool. Go call your husband and have him meet us here. She said, uh, so here's the thing, Jesus, I don't have a husband. And he said, I know, and you've had five and you're not married to the one that you're with now. He blew her mind by telling her what he knew because he's God. But you know what didn't stop there? Jesus didn't recount his offer of living water. Jesus didn't find out about her life and say, JK, I take it back. Jesus didn't find out that she was living in sin and say, you know what? How about this? How about sweet Samaritan woman? You go back, get yourself together, maybe get married to this man, maybe change a few things and then meet me back here in a couple weeks and I'll offer you the living water. That's not what Jesus did, did he? Jesus knew everything about her and he still offered her himself, which is the good news for you and I. Because there's 1,600 girls in this room, there's thousands of other watching on the live stream, and you know what? We got some baggage. We got some things we wish no one knew about. We got some things that kind of might feel embarrassing to talk to God about. And Jesus says, I offer you the living water knowing everything I know about you. Now this woman, who we know just from culturally that the time of day she was drawing water, she was probably outcast from her society. She probably didn't have a lot of friends. She probably has some other women in the, in the community that didn't like her. So she was alone at that well, feeling left out. But here's what happens with this woman's life. 
here's what happens. This makes me so excited because this woman came to the well alone. This woman came to the well embarrassed. This woman came to the well searching. Jesus meets her. She finds it. She gets the living water. And it says this in John 4, 29. She goes back to the people in her village that she had probably not been hanging out with because they might have probably outcast her. And she says this, hey guys, listen, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They went out of the town and went to him. She had an encounter with Jesus and she needed to tell everybody about it. She had an encounter with the one who said, I know all about you and I choose you. And she had to go tell everyone about it. That's not even the best part. Are you ready for the best part? The rest part is this. You go down a little bit further. My favorite, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, John chapter 4, 39 says this. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. That woman had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus chose her in spite of everything she brought to the table. Her life changed forever. She goes back into the same town where people had probably disgraced her. And it says, many people from that town uh, believed in Jesus because of her testimony. You see, friends, here's what happens. When God calls you to be a follower of him, when you are chosen to be a follower of Jesus, you change because you can't help it. You know why you can't help it? Because it's not your own work. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you. You become a new creation. And that is the best news because I don't want to be old Jamie. I don't want to be old Jamie who wants to do whatever she wants with her body whenever she wants, with her mind whenever she wants, with her heart whenever she wants. That did not please me very well. That led me into places where I felt destructive. But because I'm a new creation, I have a hope. I have joy, I have peace. I have a peace that passes all understanding when life just feels like it is the suckiest it could ever be. That's because that is what Jesus does for us. Friends, I wanna tell you this. You are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made in you for nothing to something from rejected to accepted. This is what God has on your life if you want to accept him. This is the offer he has for you. I'm gonna pray for us in a minute. The band's gonna come out and Tony Mays are gonna come out and I wanna tell you this. If you're sitting in here And you know that feeling you get in your stomach sometimes when you're like, I think something's going on or I think I should do something or I think I shouldn't do something. There are people here that literally wanna pray for you. Not because they have all the answers, not because they're awesome, I'm sure they are. Not because they're smarter or older or wiser, but they wanna pray for you because they love you. They've got these awesome little lanyards on that, that light up, which is cool, and I made them give me one so I can wear it. And they wanna pray for you. And if you're sitting in this room and you're like, man, I came to this conference, I don't know how I got here, my friend invited me, and I wanna know Jesus. I want hope, I wanna be changed. I want to be chosen. These people wanna pray for you. 
And I want to say this to you in the room who you say, Jamie, listen, I love Jesus. I've given my life to him. I want to follow him. I want to encourage you and tell you that when it feels hard to be a Christian, I want to tell you that that means you're being a Christian. I want to tell you that when it feels hard because you feel like the world's against you, I want to tell you that's what it means to follow Jesus. And I want to tell you that you can keep going. You can press on. Read the entire book of 1 Peter. That's what he's saying is that you can keep doing this. And I want to say that too because I really believe in you as well. I really, really believe in you. You guys in our high school You're not, I think I said this to you guys last year, but I really believe it. You're not like the next wave of the church that we need. You're not like the next leaders. We want you to lead right where you are. No one else can lead in high school like you can. I can't show up to your classes. I already did high school. I'm not going back. (laughs) You get to lead in your classrooms. You get to lead on your fields. You get to lead in your youth groups. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, set apart so that you can proclaim the majesties of him who called you out of darkness into light. Let me pray for you. The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell. And the show is edited by Jason Talley.